Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host. I'm Darlene Childress. I am a life and parenting coach, and I help moms learn how to become calm. My program is the Calm Mama Coaching Program, and this is Become a Calm Mama. And so today's podcast episode is really appropriate because we're going to talk about when you're not calm. We're going to talk about dysregulation and what to do during a meltdown when your kid is melting down. What they really need is co-regulation. So I'm going to talk about co-regulation and what are the steps of co-regulating during a meltdown. And you're going to learn that a big part of co-regulation is you being regulated yourself and becoming calm. So that is, um, I'm excited about this episode so I can share with you how to help your kid when they're dysregulated and then also how to help yourself. So I want to frame this up and first just offer to you that there are going to be moments in parenting that are hard. Your kids are going to have big feelings. They're going to be disappointed. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to be angry. This often happens when you say no, right? When you tell your child they, they, they want something like they want a cookie, they want more screen time, they want another book, they want to go on a play date, they, they you know, don't want to go to school, they want to stay home, whatever it is, and you say no, well, then that might trigger them into some big feelings, Right, So we've all had these moments where our kid hits their sibling or they don't stay in bed or they don't do their homework or they constantly ask for screen time. They won't get off their device, right? They hit you, they have a meltdown. And in those moments, it is normal for you to feel overwhelmed. It's also normal to feel a little resentful. Like, hey kid, I've already told you that you can't have a cookie. It's obvious that I'm not going to give you one. You shouldn't even be asking and you shouldn't get mad that I told you no, right? So that feeling that you have is normal, right? And you have your own like dysregulation when your kid is upset. So if that's happening to you, there's nothing wrong with you. That is a normal reaction to somebody being reactive, right? We talk about our stress response and we talk about how sometimes we look at our children's behavior and it feels like we are out of control, that we're being a victim from their behavior, that we don't have any power, that we are vulnerable, that their behavior is an emergency. All of those feelings and those thoughts create stress inside of us and they trigger us into our stress response. They trigger us into thinking, "Ah, fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. Ah, I got to do something about it, right? Now, when that is happening to you, right? I think of it as like a stress juice surge, right? Because your body becomes overwhelmed with cortisol and adrenaline and epinephrine and all of these like neural chemical hormones that come online to protect you. It's like your child's behavior is your brain is interpreting it as an emergency, as something dangerous. It's like your child's behavior is like you being attacked by a coyote or a cheetah or something. So of course, you're going to have a stress juice surge. You're going to feel overwhelmed in the moment. That's normal. Now, what is happening, right, is that the stress juice surges and then you go into fight, flight, freeze, faint, fawn. You have your reaction. You have your reactivity to the situation. So in parenting, you know, 
that can look like yelling. It can look like threatening. It can look like going to logic and talking too much. It can look like emotionally checking out, walking away, you know, disconnecting from your kids in, in like, you're not actually regulating yourself. You're just kind of disconnected from you and them. So this thing that happens to you, I want you to know is normal. There's nothing wrong with you. And I've heard a couple moms, I've been teaching, teaching this class and, you know, one mom was like, what's, you know, what's wrong with me? Like, I don't see other people yelling at their kids. I don't see other people having these problems. I don't see other moms, you know, losing their shit. Well, people are really good at faking it. I just want you to know. And also not everybody's nervous system is set at the same set point. Some people's nervous system doesn't get triggered as easily. That doesn't mean they're better than you. That just means it's easier for them when their kid is having a, you know, meltdown. That they're not triggered. Why are you maybe more triggered than other people? I don't know. But some of the reasons sometimes are because of trauma, because of a codependent relationship in your childhood, because of a dis- insecurity in yourself, whatever it is. Or it's just how you're built. Maybe you're a little spicy. Maybe you're a little fiery. Maybe you have a lot of thoughts and feelings and opinions. It's all okay. So what is happening to you is that you are becoming dysregulated. I remember I first started using the word dysregulated when I learned about parenting, like what, um, 2008. And I was using this word and everyone was like, what are you talking about? So weird. Like I was calling my son. I'd be like, he's dysregulated right now. And even some of my family members were making fun of me. They're like, he's dysregulated. (laughs) Like my siblings and in-laws and stuff. Um, I tried not to let it bother me. I just was like, this is what I'm learning and this is how it is. And my kid is dysregulated or I'm dysregulated. Started using this word. And now I've noticed it's kind of common in, you know, the mental health world and and it's more people use the language. So it's cool. Um, So I want you to begin to use the language with yourself because it is a very kind and loving way to describe your temporary temporary emotional and physical state. When you are in a moment where you're struggling to understand and express your emotion in an appropriate way, you are dysregulated. And if you can say, oh, I'm very dysregulated. (laughs) I'm upset. I'm overwhelmed. And if you could see me, I know it's a podcast, but I'm putting my hands on my chest like, oh, look, I kind of giggle. I learn to like laugh almost when I'm in my like shit show state where I kind of am like almost humored by it because I it it's like, oh, look at you. Look at you, girl. You're a little overwhelmed right now, right? So you get dysregulated and also your children get dysregulated. So a temporary state where your kid is struggling to understand and express their emotions in appropriate ways, that's dysregulation. Sometimes it's called a temper tantrum. Sometimes it's called a meltdown. In my program, I call it a big feeling cycle because I want you to use the word cycle so you understand it's a temporary situation. A cycle goes up and down, right? Or a circle or whatever, but it starts and it ends. And it starts and it ends and it starts and it ends. So I want you to be able to see, oh, we're in a dysregulation cycle (laughs) or a big feeling cycle. So when you or your child is dysregulated, 
you can't think straight. That's just how it is. That's actually what happens in a stress response is that your brain is cut off from thinking because thinking takes too much time, right? If I'm going to be chased by a lion or a cheetah or whatever, or I'm going to be hit by a car or something like that, I'm not like, hmm, I wonder if I should swerve left or right. I wonder if I should run this way. I can't stop and think. I have to respond. I have to react, right? That reaction is healthy and good and important in an actual emergency. So part of learning in this podcast is training your brain to view misbehavior as not an emergency, especially if you can go, oh, look, they're struggling. When you see a kid crying or upset because you've told them, no, they can't have more iPad or because you've told them they have to wear school shoes and they can't wear sandals or whatever's happening, you are basically their cheetah in that moment and your child is dysregulated. Okay, if you can view it that way, it might help you then apply some of the skills and tools that you're learning in this particular episode. So I want you to learn how to notice your child is dysregulated and yourself. Now, what happens when someone is dysregulated? The goal is to self-regulate, right? That's the goal for all of us. It's your goal for yourself so that you can become calm. It's not to never get dysregulated. That would be a crazy goal. It would probably mean you weren't a human. (laughs) You are going to have temporary moments when you are overwhelmed with your emotion. That's going to happen. So what you're learning is how to maybe not get as dysregulated in the first place. That's part of the mindset work. But when it happens, don't judge yourself for it. We're just going to go, oh, I need to calm myself. I need to self-regulate. Now, my programs are designed to teach you to regulate yourself and to give your kids the tools so that they learn to self-regulate. That's our big picture goal, lifetime goal for our kids is that they grow up and they know what they're feeling. They know how to talk about their feeling and they know what to do with it. That is our goal. That's emotional literacy, and that's what we're working towards. So that knowing what I'm feeling, knowing how to talk about it, knowing what to do with that, that that process is self-regulation. So how does a kid learn it? They learn it through co-regulation. They don't have the skills as children to calm and soothe themselves. Remember last week's episode where I talked about rhythm Relationship and reward are the three R's of regulation. And you think about having a newborn. I've got some clients who have newborns or are about to have babies. It's so exciting. And I know that they're such lovely mamas and that they're going to swaddle their babies. They're going to shush them. They're going to shake them. They're going to, you know, not shake them like, you know, bad, but like kind of, you know, right. And they're going to jumble them up and down and they're going to sway, right? So we have those ways that we soothe newborns and how we teach them like, you're safe, you're okay. And we talk to them in a soothing, calm voice. And we come near and go, oh, baby, you're crying. It's okay. They're little, they're like new, newborns, infants. They hardly can't understand us. But yet we go and we soothe them because we can see that they need soothing. So you're already experts at co-regulation as moms. You have done it hundreds of times. 
But what happens is as our kids get to be a little like a two, everyone's like, oh, terrible twos. Uh, uh, uh. You know, we kind of like allow some temper tantruming at two. But then once they get to like three is usually pretty easy age, actually. But then you get to four and like there's it's called the fucking fours for a reason. Right. And so you have your kids who are totally, you know, having big meltdowns and temper tantrums and big feeling cycles. And all of a sudden you're like, no, they don't, they should be, they should know better. <laughs> Therefore, which is really funny because if you have a 14 year old, you're like, uh, of course a four year old doesn't know better. But if you have a four year old, you're thinking they should know better. Ironically, if you have a 14 year old, you're thinking they should know better. But then if you have a 24 year old, you're like, they're only 14. My birthday's this weekend. I'm about to be 48. And I should know better, right? But sometimes I don't because I get dysregulated. I have temporary moments where I need support. I need to either self-regulate and self-soothe or sometimes I love it when someone comes near me and they are present with my dysregulation and they come and offer me support. So you are doing that for your kids. You are learning how to calm yourself and all the different things you've learned in this podcast. And if you've taken my class, we really talk about how to reframe your mindset around misbehavior so that you feel calmer about it. And then when it happens and you're dysregulated, how to calm yourself, right? That's the whole purpose of the program is to calm yourself and then how to help your kids calm themselves. We do that through connection and limit set and correction. That's the calm mama process, right? I calm myself. I connect with my kids, which is also today you can think about as co-regulate. And then I set limits to teach them what boundaries are and how they work. And then I let them in correction have impact. So how do you co-regulate? What are you supposed to be doing? Co-regulation, it's defined as a warm and responsive interaction that provides the support coaching and modeling a child needs in order to learn and practice emotional regulation skills. So what, what is it that you're actually doing when you are co-regulating? The first thing is you're calm and present. So when we say it's a warm and responsive interaction, that is you going towards the person, the child who seems to be upset that means we're not putting them in a timeout. We're not threatening them with a takeaway. We're not grabbing their body or pushing them or pinching them. We're not, it's, a, it's warm and responsive. It's a calm presence with them. You go towards them. Now, not every child wants you to go that close. That's okay. We want to respect the little animal that's inside of them, that little, you know, activated animal. It might not want, it might feel very, very um, afraid. Maybe in the past you've come in a little hot, you've come in a little strong and you're trying to, t to change your behavior. Well, your child doesn't know which mom is coming right now. So they might not need you to get so close, but you can be calm and present in your heart. That's the first thing we're doing. Now, remember that if you are dysregulated, you cannot co-regulate. What might happen if you're dysregulated, your child might try to uh, soothe you. That's not healthy. That's codependence. Um, or you will just escalate the situation and trigger them into deeper uh, fear, deeper stress. 
So we want to make sure we're calm and present. If you're not able to do it, just calm yourself, take a break, and it's okay to let your kids self-regulate. It's okay to let your kids sort of cry a bit and work it out. It's actually long-term healthy for them to learn to self-regulate. But obviously, it's going to take a lot more work for them, be much more tiring, and they're going to be really messy about it. They might hit and scream and go to their room and throw stuff and hit their sister. Like They might continue to be dysregulated. And the idea here is that you really do go and be present with them as much as you possibly can. Now, if you're going to go and activate them, don't do it. Just be neutral. Okay, so you're calm. We're imagining you're all calm. You show up. Kid is upset. They're mad you said no. They're crying. They don't want to put those shoes on, right? Or they're older and they're like, I hate homework. It sucks. My teacher's so stupid. Or they're, you know, they refuse to do something that you've told them to do, whatever's going on. So you're going to be calm, you're in present, and then you're going to validate their emotion. What's that mean? It's the connection tool, right? It's going in and saying, I, I see you're, you know, screaming or, uh, you know, you're yelling, I hate you, or, you know, you're crying. You're kind of trying to show that they're showing some behavior, that there's something on the outside that you can see, and you're connecting that thing on the outside with the thing on the inside. So you're like, oh, you know, like I see, or you can, you don't have to have um, nice affect. You can be like, wow, I hear you. You are yelling. I hate you. And then we go to the validate the emotion. I wonder if you're feeling angry. I wonder if you're feeling disappointed. I wonder if you're feeling hurt. So however you kind of go in there, we're validating the emotion by helping them name it. They don't know what it's called. They don't know. They kind of know words like frustrated. <laughs> you know, little kids, they kind of know really wor- big words. Like some of them, some of my clients' kids will be like, I'm dysregulated because <laughs> they've been taught. That's great. That's using your words. So we have to give them words in order for them to know, right? So we're validating their emotion. Of course you're hurt. Of course you're sad. I love to say it makes sense that you're angry. It makes sense that you're mad. It's one of my favorite phrases. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's okay, right? So then we're going to listen. Maybe they have some things to complain about. Maybe they want to do a little protest. And then... We're going to offer ways to manage their big feelings. So we're going to be like, yeah, of course you're really mad. Do you want to hit this? You're hitting the wall or you're kicking the wall. Do you want to kick something? Let's kick this. Whoa, you have a lot of big energy. Hey, let's go outside with that big energy or show me how big this energy is. Show me with your body, right? We're giving them some tools. I go into that a lot in the course. Um, but you can use your best judgment, come up with some ideas, things that kids can do with their big feelings. And this last one is, you know, what to do when your child is dysregulated is really important. And it's this trusting that your child can handle their feelings. We want to deeply know that this feeling, if our kid is hurt, disappointed, sad, scared, angry, any emotion, we want to believe that they can handle that emotion. That you're there to help them and support them and validate that emotion and give them some tools. But deep down, I want you to believe 
that they are okay even when they're sad, that they're okay even when they're so scared, that it's okay for them to be that way and it's temporary, that they can overcome that emotion at that time. Now, some kids have big feeling cycles over and over and over and over again. That's okay. I want you to, some days, like you had a four-year-old and they don't nap anymore. You're going to have a lot of big feeling cycles from like two on, three, three o'clock on. It's like, yeah, get that kid to bed. Like, honestly, when Sawyer dropped his nap, he went to bed at 530, you guys. He was so, he was such a mess. I would just be like, put him to bed. And I mean, I don't even know if he knows this. He doesn't listen to the podcast, but Lincoln and I would pretend that he was going to bed too. And like we would put on pajamas and everything like that and like brush our teeth and Lincoln would go to his room and then Sarah would fall asleep really fast. And then we would just like keep going with our evening. Lincoln used to do like evening events and my friends would have to drop, you know, pick him up because Sarah was asleep and Kevin wasn't home. So there are times when our kids have a lot of big feelings um, and they, they might cycle through over and over and over again. That's exhausting for you. I get it. Um, but those are, we're looking to try to decrease frequency, intensity, and duration. So we want to try like, okay, maybe they have four or five in a day. Okay. That's okay. That does just be like, um, like almost like data scientists, like, okay, for today, what's that about? What's going on? And then like, let's see how long did they last? How intense were they? Let's see if we can lower the temperature a little bit less intense, right? How you're looking to see your kids decreasing in their big feeling cycles in the duration of them, how long they last, how frequent they are and how intense they are. And that's your clue that you're giving them the tools to self-regulate. So you have to see it as a learning strategy. You don't expect like a kid to learn how to read the first time they are exposed to the alphabet, right? You're not like, oh my God, they're illiterate. They don't know how to read yet. And I've already taught them the alphabet like five times. <laughs> like no one would ever say that. But yet when you are teaching your kid emotional literacy, it's like they're still having meltdowns. Uh, yeah, because they're only at the like, be, you know, being able to sound out cat, like cat, right? They're not able to see, read sentences yet. That's how they are in their emotional literacy. Like, oh yeah, they can name the feeling, but they don't know what to do with it. Cool. They can name it. Amazing. That's fine. I want you to see it as a long-term parenting goal. All right. So when your kid has a big feeling cycle, they are dysregulated and it is not your job to fix anything. Nothing has gone wrong. You don't need to change the circumstance, give them the candy anyway, or let them skip school or don't let them, you know, you can still hold those boundaries and let your kids have their big feeling cycle. So in the middle of that big feeling cycle, if you need to take up, if you cannot regulate with them, go take a pause break. It's always a benefit to you and to your child. Take time to reset your stress response, self-regulate, and then co-regulate. Being calm and present, validating that emotion. It makes sense. Makes sense you would feel upset. Listen and soothe. Yeah, okay, tell me more. What's going on? And then 
okay, well, you know what? Those big feelings make sense. So why don't we go ahead and take those big feelings and push them out of our body a little bit, right? Or older kids like, wow, you have some big feelings. Why don't you go ahead and take some, you know, go to your room and like listen to some music kind of loudly. You can give them some options. And then you're trusting. Yep, temporary. If you look at your child and you're like, ah, they're so sad. Oh my God, they're going to be so mad at me. And oh my God, if you're freaking out about their big feelings, they're going to freak out about their big feelings and they're not going to get over them as fast. So the idea there is that you are really confident. Yep, of course. Yep, makes sense. You can have those big feelings. It's okay. Can you hit your brother? No, no. Everybody stay safe in this house. But you can be really mad. You can be super mad. You need to hit something. Go hit this thing. Hit mommy's hands. I love that. Like offering your kid, like you put your hand up and then you're like, go ahead. Up to like six or seven. Okay. Don't do this with like a 14 year old. That might hurt you. But like a little kid, you can be like, put your hand. Go ahead. Punch mommy. Punch mommy's hand. Not your body. Right. You just want to give them a way to push those big feelings. I like to say, um, you know, ooh, you got big feelings. Let's stomp them out. Let's stomp them, right? And you can do this up till eight or nine. When in my my course, I teach you about the big feeling basket. And you're like, let's go to the big feeling basket. Let's go find something. You can do this up till 10. So all of these strategies are up till 10, but then co-regulation happens all along. With my teenagers and when they were, you know, young adolescents, I really just had to kind of like listen for a while, validate. Yeah, sounds hard. That makes sense. Of course, you're really mad at dad. I understand. Or like, oh, man, that kid is annoying. Yeah, okay, yeah. We're listening. I'm like a compassionate witness. And then I'm like, hey, I'm actually at capacity. I'm not open to listening to this anymore. So uh, how to handle that protest. I give you some strategies in the newsletter that I sent out on Tuesday this past week. If you're listening to this live, if you don't get my newsletters, um, like if you listen to the podcast, but you're not subscribed to my, you know, in my audience to my newsletter, you're missing out on some really good stuff. <laughs> so I encourage you to go to calmmamacoaching.com, my website, and start honestly with the stop yelling cheat sheet. That's right there at the top. You know, you sign up for that. You get the pause break. You get all these strategies to calm yourself. And then you get to be on my newsletter. Um, I send one on Tuesdays and then the podcast email on Thursdays. And then if I'm promoting and like telling you about a new class, then I'd send quite a few right that the week before so that you don't miss it. Um, and that is happening. Actually, if you're listening to this live, the Emotionally Healthy Kids class is starting again. We're starting the fall session. It's a six-week class with six months of additional uh, private coaching with me. And that class starts October 12th. We're meeting Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Um, and it's for people with kids ages 3 to 11. So that's the this class. And you just learn all, all the stuff, all the things you learn on the podcast, you learn in the class, but with me teaching live. The classes are not, haven't been that big. So you get a lot of personalized attention. And then of course you get to be in my coaching program for uh, six additional months after that. The cost is 500 bucks. Enrollment is open. Highly recommend it. I'm not going to offer it again for a while. I think, I don't know. We'll see how this one goes. Um, but I was planning not to offer it again until March of next year, which is a long time. So do it now and um, I hope you have a great week and I hope you feel really regulated all week long. All right, mamas, I will talk to you next week.